Hello and welcome to Confidently Wrong, a show by regular dudes talking with confidence about content we have no right to speak about with any kind of authority, but do it anyway. I'm Wesley Nakamura, and as always, I'm joined by Mike Smith, award-winning director Brian Redondo, and Savon Jones, aka Captain Vani. This is episode 23, and on today's show, we talk about the season finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm confident that it's going to be the best show you've ever listened to, and well, hey, if it's not, you can always ask us for a refund. So, last week... Falcon and the Winter Soldier wrapped up their run, episode six. Let's talk about the episode itself first. So a lot of things are kind of wrapped up. Some things are still left open, which is great because that leads them into uh, whatever they're going to do with U.S. Agent, whatever they're going to do with um, Bucky and with Sam and with um, with What's-Her-Face, Sharon, Sharon Carter. The power. Agent What's-Her-Face. What's, yeah. yeah, Agent What's-Her-Face. I don't know. I just can't get around her. She's, she's not that exciting for me. No, Anyways. She's not. What, how do we feel about just the episode itself? Savan, I want you to lead us off. What was your thoughts coming out of that episode? Yeah. Um, it's not going to you because you're black on this one. Snatch the feet from the jaws of victory. I might have done that last time. <laughs> wow. I might have done that. <laughs> no like monolith. You swore hard to the left last time, then hard to the right this time. <laughs> you overcorrected. We're still in the ditch. I'm loving it. Crawling out of same, same ditch. outcome. Right. <laughs> cringe, cringe to the max. <laughs> nah, um, I think looking at the last episode, I I overall enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed. How do I put this? You don't sound like it. Yeah, no. Because no one ever said I enjoyed it. How because, do I put uh, this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because no, no. Because uh, because honestly, a lot happened in the episode, and yeah. part of me still thinks that they probably could have gotten away with making it maybe just one episode longer, just because we're cutting still, out like two plot lines sorry continue i I think that stuff could have just yeah so i think that the last episode clearly suffered from the rewrites that they had to do i think the fact they had to rewrite so much of the flag smashers arc and that comes to an end clearly like the the stains in that regard showed and that i don't know if that's confirmed just to say that before you continue i've Mm -hmm. been unable to find confirmation that there were significant rewrites but it does make sense continue yeah i mean yeah, so the Smack Smashers, there was that. That they, So in the end, they were never really super, super compelling. So I was less interested in the resolution of their story. But what made me love the episode was just everything else that happens. Anything that involves Sam with his community and people, I always enjoy that. Everything involving uh, Elijah, like that entire story is just sick. That scene legit made me like, I shed like two fat tears. Cause I was like, yo, this is... <laughs> Not his name. Is it? What? You mean Isaiah? Uh, I'm sorry. You say sorry. Elijah? You know, I'm saying like, who's Elijah? A lot. Sorry, Elijah's the grandson. Some, bibli- some Elijah, biblical no, name. No, Elijah's the grandson. Because oh, okay. the grandson's a, also yeah. a shield. Also yeah. biblical. Yeah. Yeah. He, no, he's also, also he, he will be a Captain America. Yeah, he's a young Avenger. He's Patriot. Sorry, I mix. That's yeah. why I mix the two up. Yeah. So um, yeah, Isaiah and yeah. Spoilers, so, guys. Thanks a lot. 
Sorry for Young Avengers fans. Y'all will be okay. Thanks a lot, Wes. Uh, (laughs) I spoiled it again. No, but um, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed Sam really just getting to go out and be like Captain America. Like that bit, I just loved all of that. We've established that Sam doesn't have hands, but I just love that he has... He's still like a really just dope hero. I loved his speech to what was it the GRC that they called themselves? Oh god, oh, yeah. yeah, the monologue. Oh, like didn't like it. Oh, I enjoyed god. it. How long was that? It was like a five minute monologue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn up on him. You oh, got to say it explicitly. Yeah, turn um, up on. Wait, what do you mean he doesn't have hands? Because every single fight scene was just amazing, and like the way he was able to like use the rockets and the wings, like that was pretty no, awesome. Sam is a really saver. All the fights. He's like someone who's good at saving and rescue, which is cool. I like that. Sam is not someone who says, hey, yo, put put work on this dude. <laughs> because we talked about this. Sam has like over five in all of his hand-to-hand fights. Ant-Man, Can you list them? Spider-Man, uh, hold on, Ant-Man, Spider-Man, Winter Soldier, Bat-Rock, Crossbones. That's five right off the bat. Oh, you specifically mean like... Hands like punches, hand to hand combat. Hand to hand combat. Because like and when even... he's got the wings on, he's pretty dope. No, like yeah, he just can't fight. Yeah. which is okay. But, you know? <laughs> even in the show, uh, in episode what two or three, when they first encounter Carly and company on the two trucks, he's not doing so great for himself. And then even in the final episode, when he's facing off against Bat Rock one on one. I mean, he's sort of just going 50-50 with them, maybe even 45-65. What percent of these six fights he's lost have been against people that have superpowers, though, or super strength? All except for Batrock. Yeah. Who's the dude? What and, and is. What is Batrock? Batrock was the guy with the... the he's like the, French. The, the, a French guy. Oh, that came guy. back at the or end. Algerian. And like, yeah. And like yeah, but he was also the guy like, from the beginning of Winter Soldier yeah. who Captain America puts the hands on. So he's just a dude. And then okay. Crossbones, you know, Rumlow, yeah. is also just a dude. So he's at least 0 for 2 against just dudes. <laughs> Well-trained dudes, but dudes nonetheless. Nah, but overall, I enjoyed it. The Flag Smashers took away from the overall episode because they were never really super compelling. But... The show, I think, still did a great job of having the side characters and side plots to be interesting. I enjoyed seeing John Walker. I enjoyed everything with Bucky. I enjoyed Sam with his family and his... I enjoyed his GRC monologue. I enjoyed how they're setting up Sharon Carter and her stuff within the government and what that could mean. All of those things I enjoyed, even though the Flag Smashers definitely kind of fell flat when it was all said. How many separate plot lines are in this show? A like, lot. even if they kind of intersect, like, in a six-episode show, there's, like, five different things going on. There's, like, three different villains, essentially. Four, if you count. Now, there's Walker. There's the Flag Smashers. Not really a villain. The, I mean, he was an antagonist for most of the show. And then Contessa is clearly a villain. So, Walker, Asterix. The Flag Smashers. Zemo, not a villain, but also, like, a you know an antagonist, kind of. Um, was he an antagonist? And the power broker. Well, there's I don't a know. plot line like around it. Yeah, like how many of these people are they having to come up against with like these kind of moral or physical quandaries? And it's just like how many of them actually hit? And I guess I'm kind of just like diving into like how I feel overall, which is kind of <laughs> mediocre now at the end. Um, oh, I've lost control. Tell us more, <laughs> we were supposed to just talk about the episode. Was, no, but... All right. No, I mean, 
the episode it kind of for me it like summed up the way i feel about the show where it's like there's really great moments in there but it's also so much of it is like i either don't know what's going on or i know what's going on and i don't have a reason to care about this like the and spoiler alert i guess but like the after credit scene with sharon carter i was like i could not care any less about this like it's just like so much of it, it just seems like almost half-baked, I think. And maybe it's confirmation bias. Like if the rewrite thing is true, then it kind of feels like the first Justice League movie where it's just like there's so much going on. It seems like they didn't put the time in to actually develop those plot lines. And there's so many plot lines. Like it seems like it could have been like a 10 episode show. Yeah. And I think the Sharon Carter stuff, I mean, her character is just emblematic of or, or is that the center of everything that goes wrong with the show? It's just like Sharon Carter. We don't really know her as a character to begin with. We don't really know much about her at, by the end. We don't care. Um, so when they get embroiled with her little world in Madripoor, it's all weird and confusing. Um, and then she's the one that takes out Carly in the end. And, and that's the resolution of the main antagonist. Uh, and then, you know, we get this after credit scene and, you know, all this stuff about realizing that she's the power broker. Like, they're trying to set things up for the future, but they haven't established her in the present. Yeah. And, and so we, we, don't, we don't get a reason to really be invested into that storyline. So anytime that her character kind of entered the, the plot line, it just muddied the waters and, and kind of took me out of the show. Was her first appearance in um, Civil War? No, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. She was in Winter Soldier. Okay, because mm-hmm. yeah. she was the she, she was living next door. She was, uh, yeah, I remember because she was guy. always spying yeah, on him. Yeah, but she wasn't like a major character, right? No, she's no. never like had and like and then okay, so then she's like that you know side character Winter Soldier. Then she's like, oh, we know who she is now in Civil War. And then there's the weird thing where it's like, oh, you know, I was in love with your aunt. She's dead now. I'm gonna hook up with you and then that was and then she helped yeah. him get there and then that was There's, her launching and point then, to yeah, become and then the power broker it. and then she got their stuff back and now we're supposed to be like oh my god like it's just such a honestly it's like kind of befuddling the show to me because it just seems like like we're beyond this in the MCU I thought the things that they did well in this episode were like the Isaiah Bradley yeah. sort of yeah. moments mm-hmm. that he had and even though it was Maybe, uh, what's the word when it's like something's too sweet, like treacle or whatever? But uh, I was Whoa. trying to you know, break out yeah, a good word. Yeah, okay. words. I don't know that word. Tell us yeah. more. Literally never heard that. <laughs> no? You could be no. making right, stuff well, up. Let's, but, let's, I'm just going to confidently saccharin? use it. You know, maybe saccharin? Maybe that's a good word. I don't yeah, know maybe these words. The, the show was too saccharin in those moments, but I thought it worked well. And, you know, sometimes you can go for those moments and actually pull it off. And I think they did a really good job there. Like, Part of it is that the the character I wish I knew his name I should, probably should have looked it up the er- the actor who plays you know Isaiah, um, everything displays on his face so well right mm-hmm. like when he's in pain, you can see that but you can see his moment of like I don't know if it's pride but it's sort of just like oh I can be relieved a little bit of the like pain that I've been carrying for this whole time, um and and the the way in which he felt like his life was destroyed. And he feels like now there's a little bit of, you know, just a little bit of hope moving forward for him and for probably for his grandson as well. Um, and for, for what Sam maybe is capable of. So 
I just thought like the way you could see all of that on his face without him actually saying a whole lot was like really well done. Um, sometimes you can show it better than you can say it. So Isaiah is such a scene stealer. Yeah, oh, for sure. I really hope uh, he makes constant appearances in anything Sam Wilson is involved in. So may- maybe he's like the type of character that Sam goes to to, you know, bounce ideas off of or to politic or something. Um, and I think that would be really entertaining dynamic in the future yeah he better be in cat four yeah yeah i mean like how could he not be you know well his but his worldview is very different than sam's right and so if he's going to isaiah for advice there's going to be these moments of like sam's actually probably not going to agree with him right he's not going to give him the advice that resonates with what actually sam feels um is right and so that could be a little bit of an issue where you've established that isaiah is a different character and has a different world point or worldview. And then how is Sam supposed to go to him for actual like mentorship? Right. He might get a different accountering opinion, but he's not right. going to get the same kind of advice. That's actually going to help him be his true self. See, Unless I think, Sam is just like, yeah, Oh, see, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that see, way. I, don't know I think I it's like the Carly a dynamic, right? It kind of just tempers him. It tempers mm-hmm. Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of see it as like they already did that dynamic, right? Of, yeah, he has a different worldview, different opinion. Like that's already happened where he's gone to him for advice to talk right. about what this means. But that's what I'm disagree. saying is like, how could he go back to Isaiah again and again when we know that Isaiah's worldview is very different than Sam's? I mean, because like the same reason I can go to like my grandmother about different worldviews, but still be able to get insightful. You know, I have conversations with my grandmother and I's worldviews are very, very different, even though we have things in common. But even though I know, okay, we're going to fundamentally disagree on a bunch of this stuff, your insights are still different and still can help me get perspective. So like, like that's one of the things that I said earlier, I praised the show about of not having the black characters be monoliths. Like, mm-hmm. like those two are fundamentally different men as they should be. They grew up in different worlds and different circumstances. Doesn't mean that they still can't inspire and build on one another, even if they don't interpret things the same way you know someone can say oh i don't agree with this and that's still like all right bet this can still inform what i think is the right thing to do and i think sam already did that because he acknowledged you know his pain and his experiences but still also said i'm still gonna do things my own way but he was still inspired by that conversation and that still helped him figure out what his own way would be but that makes me think well said oh yeah yeah that makes me think of like Alfred and Batman or Bruce Wayne's relationships in in some of their movies that they've had over the years but I feel like in those instances it's always really clear that Alfred wants Bruce or wants Batman to be like the best version of Bruce that he can be whereas Isaiah it's not that he doesn't want Sam to be the best version of himself he thinks the best version of himself is not doing what Mm -hmm. Sam is fundamentally doing Mm mm-hmm Right. And so that becomes a little bit of an issue where it's like if Isaiah is going to stay true to his character, how is he going to actually like continue to like push Sam to be his best self when his actual outcome is actually Sam, you shouldn't be doing this. So I kind of think of the dynamic more comparable to maybe less so in the mentor mentee role, but more so in the we have fundamentally different worldviews, but still have mutual respect is like you can do it with the cap tony relationship those are like friendships that clearly build on each other and they help each other grow and get new perspectives but they are still fundamentally different people who fundamentally value fundamentally you know like tony and cap are just opposite ends of the spectrum no but they're peers like this has much more of like yeah which is why the minty mentor but still the bouncing ideas off of like we still have different i think the different perspectives part is still where 
Grant, yeah, the Pierce part is different, but you know what it kind of reminds me of, like Batman Beyond with like yeah. that new Batman. Yeah, that's totally. actually like, actually that's yeah. the best one. I like that yeah. one a lot more. Yeah, um, the grizzled so, Bruce Wayne, and then yeah, the who's kind of just like don't do this, and then he's you know young and or even like um oh god, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but like Ray and Luke Skywalker, kind of like that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Honestly, like, but, yeah, but you know, ugh, anyway, yeah, um, you can have a mentor and, and still put your own twist on stuff, even if well, you that's the whole thing is like she like still believes in the whole. Sh- oh god, no, no, stop me! I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> he's right defending no, it. I'm not doing. We've this. made no, him I'm defend not, the last trilogy. It. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, all right. So <laughs> look now what that we did in the show. We broke Mike, guys. So here, this was just a long con to break Mike to get me to. Ugh. I, I'm actually like turning red and kind of worked up right now. Um, <laughs> really all right, here's here's a question. So I don't think it was like announced until like at least during the show's run, but there will be a new Captain America movie. So my first question is: After watching WandaVision, do y'all feel more or less or the same excited for the follow-up movie, the Doctor Strange multiverse? Remember, we got that post-credit scene where she's reading the book that obviously Doctor Strange reads. Are you more excited for that movie having seen WandaVision? Just yes or no? Oh yeah, definitely. No. Okay. I'm more excited for Captain America. Really? So that would be my next question. Like, are you yeah. now having seen this? Do you feel like, oh, I'm way more into, like, I'm really ready to see what happens next with these characters. I'm really into that movie. Because I, no, for I me, take it's kind of No, I want, yeah, no, I, I take that back. I, I do want to see where they go with, with Wanda having her, like, much expanded powers and more control over them um, and accessing the Death Book or whatever it's called. Um, Dark Hole. The Dark Hole. So. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I think I think how they set that up at the end makes that really interesting, right? Just, but her powers are so much more expansive, and she's clearly gonna have. Like, yeah, a I mean, much not to compare the effect. two, but to so compare hard, it but... is like a you know a really long trailer as essentially what these shows are. Is yeah, like, like gets you to watch the movie later hmm. down the line. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really like because like is the power broker gonna be the main villain in the movie? I'm certainly not interested Doubtful. in that. God, I hope not. No. Yeah. So can I say one thing on the power broker? Of why okay. I was interested in it, okay. uh, the main like once I don't think they're setting up. I think they're clearly setting her up for either Secret Wars with the Scrolls or something. Or I think which has been announced into, by the way. Which has oh, wait, been they're doing that. Oh yeah, they're doing Secret as Invasion a single movie, not as like. Oh, a, okay. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, still take it. I'm excited because I think that her the whole mole into the government thing. I think that's really setting up the time to Don Cheeto show Armor Wars, which. You know, I, I think that's what they're going to do with the power broker. They're setting her up as like a for like the people who work more in the military type MCU characters. But as far as thinking about the hype for the two respective shows, I'm still really Oops. excited for Multiverse of Madness. But WandaVision didn't hype me up more for it because I it's a Doctor Strange movie at its core, and because I haven't seen any Doctor Strange, that's really what is going to have me interested. You so, haven't seen because, either of the movies? No, no, no. I mean, like, I haven't oh, seen oh, any of oh, him oh, post-Endgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. like, okay. I like Wanda, and seeing her expand the stuff in the show, I loved WandaVision. It was amazing. But it didn't hype me more up for Multiverse of Madness because it doesn't really tell me anything else about more about what it's really going to be. And I'm more excited to see what Doctor Strange's role is. So, I'm still hyped. Don't get it twisted. I'm extremely hyped. But WandaVision didn't build my hype more than what it already was. It just kind of was like, all right, cool. This will be nice. I'm excited for Captain America 4 because despite all the issues with the show, which is mainly just, I think it could have been 
they either should have cut parts out or made the show longer, like one yeah. or the other. I think they yeah, did both, the worst of weird, both worlds. <laughs> yeah, it was like I think it was they did the worst of both worlds where they had yeah. too few episodes and too yeah. much content. Yeah, that, it's almost like they sat on the fence and didn't really take a side. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when you are decisive. Clouds Good like, callbacks. Like, hey, do we want ten episodes and we do what we want with each one, or you know? Yeah. But but I'm really excited because. I was very curious of like how Anthony Mackie could handle being a lead mm-hmm. and being Captain America, and, and I can. really enjoy him. Yeah, he he's can. fun. Yeah. He's humorous. He has his own distinct identity from Steve. He's not like just a Boy Scout. He like when he was flying, he really told dude, "Hey, you earned this ass woman." I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> like he just has his own personality. You know, he's not as he's not a fighter like Steve, but he's an amazing like. He's great at saving people, which I think they really drive home. So he's fun to watch. And like when he floated down from the sky like an angel, like, like an actual like Mercy <laughs> from Overwatch. Oh my goodness! And I hundred percent like agree that the characters in this one can be way more interesting in the next movie. Like Sam is really like really interesting and really funny and char- charismatic. So is Bucky. Whereas like Wanda and Doctor Strange, they're just by how they're being portrayed in the movies are a little bit more like reserved or uptight and they just have a little bit less like personality Um, less relatable they're mages in chaos magic like you know they're very hard to identify with with what their problems in life are i mean it's hard to identify with like rocket raccoon like nobody's a rock but like he's he's relatable i totally relate to him like tendencies (laughs) i love i need these gadgets but like Groot has like yeah, is like that. really funny and, and charismatic and he's like weird and no one's gonna relate to him. But oh, I totally so, I mean, relate I think, to Groot too. Yeah, so I'm saying His, like the teenage they, Groot. they but they haven't done that with Wanda or with Doctor Strange, right? Both of those characters are are sort of unrelatable and they're not very charismatic in the way that they interact with other people. So that's all I'm saying is like I think I much more enjoy seeing Sam and Bucky and them like do their thing. Um, so hopefully the movies, you know, stack up for them. I disagree on the Wanda point, though. Yeah, you find her compelling. I yeah, I, I think like we have more reason to understand where she's coming from. I, I mean, you know, if you recall, like all the trauma that she experienced, you know, being separated from family and losing family, uh, and then also being at this juncture in her in her life where you know she could become a villain, she could become a hero. Um, but she has more ability and power than she even realized before uh, and now has to grapple with that. And, and so does the rest of the, the universe around her. And I think that's that's what makes her compelling. Whereas, you know, someone like Sam Wilson, who up until this point was more of a sidekick, more of character really or, or a character banter kind of foil. Mm-hmm. Um, he now has his own moral compass and and own ideas that he's he's grappling with and as Savant said is his own kind of hero and I think he he's compelling for different reasons but I think in both shows the the characters are moving beyond the the sidelines and you know have you know kind of like have motivations that that I think we as audiences can latch on to it feels like though well said I mean I know I know you and I feel like if if I'm making an NBA analogy here Wanda is more like James Harden, powerful, but like lacking a little bit of the, you know, spice. Allen Iverson. Lacking spice? Charisma, charisma for days, like played the game with such panache. And that's more like some of our more exciting characters. Um, you know, I don't know, with Star-Lord, uh, 
you know, even Anthony Mackie, right? Like playing playing as Captain America or Falcon. It's fun to and watch would them choose, be on screen. I feel screen. like Brian would choose Iverson every day of the week if he was going to watch somebody play. And so interesting, interesting that you're like making the argument sort of for the more bland but more powerful character. It's weird to me you find her to be bland. I mean, the whole show is her having like yeah. the, the an explosive traumatic event. Well, I guess, well, I, I, I get and what you kind of mean show. by bland. Well, yeah, it was a but better like, show. She's just not, like, she's not funny. She's not, you know, Yeah, but she's uh, crazy. Yeah, but I think that's his point, though. Like, one is more entertaining to watch than the other. Like, WandaVision was dope. And, like, I agree, WandaVision's dope. But I do think there's a point to be made that watching Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie on screen is just more entertaining with their interactions with each other. Which doesn't, like, speak on one show being better than the other. But I think some characters are just more fun to watch do their thing because they're just yeah, like, like saying. watching Tony just like Iron Man do his banter stuff. It's just entertaining. That's just yeah, more entertaining yeah. than watching Steve be a cow, a boy scout, even if you like Steve as a character more. So are you saying you preferred this show to WandaVision? Wes? I think I did. Really? I, mean, I think, yeah, I, I think it wasn't as well done. <laughs> so that kind of, a lot of fun down. faces. Well, I fully acknowledge yeah. that I'm like a fanboy. So for me, I remember reading the Falcon comic as a kid when he became the new Captain America. And they really did a, you know, like the suit in the show looks just like the comic one. So oh, I, I, hated it. The I didn't suit like the, the suit either. What is with the white? Like, it looks so weird. There were, and it looks people don't like too. People don't like the cowl on the neck look. I don't like and, any of it. It's oh, so Anna weird. hated that part. Oh, oh it's see, so I like weird. it. She just but kept also, saying, uh, like, why does it got to go up the neck like that? <laughs> I, why are his ears exposed? Batman has a cowl. No, he has a whole mask, though, not like the top of his head. Like, I mean, it was such a one-to-one -one with the comic book that I'm like, what did the production designers do? What were yeah, they, like, coming from just, like, like, such like, a oh, sick suit for Wanda at the end, and like that was such a cool like plot moment to like this when it was like, is that like two sizes too big, bro? Like, and like, who, <laughs> who did the coloring? You know? Could I, you imagine? I, if Haters. in the X-Men movies, they wore the actual costumes oh from the X-Men comic books. Oh, my God. Like, if Wolverine One of the movies references that, I think. First Class, they had that, right? They had, like, comic accurate. Yeah. Point is, I will openly admit that for Falcon Winter Soldier, even though WandaVision as a whole is probably better, I will openly admit that the fanboy moments for me as a longtime MCU stan were enough for me to ignore some of the lacking parts of the show. Like, but I openly own and admit that bias because I got to have my black Captain America show. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm very easy to satisfy in this regard. Yeah, the strong <laughs> parts of the show were really good, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, really high peaks and really whole lows. The lows were low. Yeah, which is just strange. Like, overall, it's just like kind of like having reflected on it, it's just like kind of weird to me. And that's why I think it's kind of like a... Uh, Joss Whedon Justice League kind of vibe where it's like I, I can get down with that I, I don't disagree with that um, so let's wrap it up then yeah. what is like last word for all of you let's just take it on a more positive note I think what was something that you liked that the series did overall or where you think it's going um, and then we'll just close up there I think we've done a lot of complaining about the positive notes short on. we're on episode yeah, 27 of this show and you're talking about <laughs> positive notes 
We talk about practice. <laughs> I love the world building with the show. Uh, I'm always a fan when they can find ways to really show that the MCU is interconnected. I love the Wakandans. Zemo was probably one of my favorite characters. They made him seem like a major antagonist, and instead he was a really great just philosophical foil. Even the bit about him admitting, like showing admiration for Steve, saying that he won't kill Bucky, and not killing Bucky when he blew up the rest of the super soldiers. You know, he's and they're setting him up for Thunderbolts. Love Zemo, love the world building, love all of the references, you know, all of just like the uh, Isaiah Bradley story. Um, I enjoyed how they did the side characters in the MCU, despite the Flag Smashers being just thoroughly forgettable and uninteresting. Yeah, I'm not going to reiterate what Savan said, but like there were moments of the show that worked and Savan listed them well. And I think those parts were really good. But sadly, like the bad parts of the show weighed down the good a lot. Yeah, there's a good Polygon article that talked about how the villains on the show are are being developed a little bit more than they have in in the past in the MCU. You know, it's sort of like very stodgy, unrelatable villains that just die in the end in in the show. You know they have motivations that you can that they that they dwell on a little bit more, and you can kind of understand their worldview. Particularly for Zemo, particularly for Carly, I think is interesting. Um, Contessa, wherever that goes, I think that's also interesting. And kind of like the duality of uh, of John Walker, U.S. agent. You know he was kind of an antagonist and kind of a good guy. I'm not really sure at this point. So I think those kind of developments that kind of like. The maturity of of villains in the MCU is an exciting prospect. Oh, definitely, one hundred percent. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap up there. Go ahead and hit us up on our socials at confidently underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment. Go ahead and listen, subscribe, tell your friends about us. We would greatly appreciate it. Have a great one. <laughs> <laughs>